Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday. It's Thursday, June 10th, and this week on Locked on Grizzlies, we've been setting the groundwork for the Grizzlies offseason. We outlined the offseason with Joe Molinax on Monday, gave some names to start looking at if you're Grizzlies fans for the Grizzlies 2021 draft approach. We did that with Mavs drafts, also known as Richard Stamen, on Tuesday, and then yesterday, I pinpointed some important dates this offseason that could show what times during the offseason the Grizzlies could make some of the bigger decisions when it comes to the roster. We're going to continue that theme today when it comes to the one big trade that many of us feel the Grizzlies are likely going to make in the near future. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC. My name's Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for three years with a great group over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I'm a credentialed media member. I've been the host of Locked on Grizzlies for around 18 months now. And the reason I love doing this is because it allows for me to combine my passions of talking about the NBA, the Grizzlies, sports in general, and interacting with others who share those passions. And we can all do it in the one place with Locked on Grizzlies that gives you the latest Grizzlies news, insight, perspectives, and honest truth every day. Your Grizzlies every day here on Locked on Grizzlies. Do want to remind you that our show today is sponsored by by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. So let's get right into it when it comes to the one big trade. And the thing about it is this, is that with the Grizzlies making the playoffs and them, you know, being pretty competitive, you know, eliminating the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs and being more competitive than the scores may have shown against the Utah Jazz, the Grizzlies would seem to be one of the more sensible teams to go into this offseason looking to make a trade, especially when you consider the fact that they that around the league, the Grizzlies are viewed as being one of the deeper teams, one of the best young cores in the league, but also one of the deepest young teams in the league. And the whole idea has been a consolidation trade is going to need to be made. Taking a few of our parts that are currently on the roster and consolidating them into an upgrade when it comes to a player that will help us take that next step as we continue towards a sustainable winner. And all of that logic is correct. But I don't necessarily know if doing it this summer makes the most sense for a few reasons. In the first segment, I'm going to talk about why it may not make that much sense from a roster perspective. Second segment, from a market perspective. In, in the third segment, talk about how a bit more of a move on the margins may make sense than kind of an all-in move for the Grizzlies. But let's start with the roster itself. No doubt, this year's success is nothing but a positive. But it came at a route that was in, in, in an... It came from a source that was a bit different from the success that the Grizzlies had in the 2019-2020 season. That year, the Grizzlies' success, the reason why they were in the playoff hunt was because of John Morant, was because of the good play of Jaron Jackson Jr., the unexpected bench production of um, Brandon Clark and the bench in general. It was our younger stars emerging at reaching higher ceilings earlier than expected during the 2019-2020 season that really allowed for us to be in that playoff race. Well, the hope is, is that building off of the 2019-2020 season, 
those young star, those young pieces would continue to emerge. You know, we heard Zach Kleiman and, and Coach Jenkins multiple times talk about it before the season. Our future core was considered to be John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, and Justice Winslow. But the thing about it is this, is that the Grizzlies' success in the 2020-2021 season was a bit different than the year before. It was our starting lineup that was the advantage for us instead of our bench, and it was our veteran pieces that were the reason why we were successful instead of our younger pieces. Think about it this year. The reason why the Grizzlies were successful, the quartet of Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas were absolutely phenomenal for much of the season. You throw in Desmond Bain and Grayson Allen in the starting lineup with those four, it was a very productive starting lineup. You supported with um, um, Xavier Tillman off the bench, DeAnthony Melton, for much of the season. Those were the reasons why the Grizzlies really continued to exceed expectations. And then after the regular season, it was Jaw and Dylan with someone stepping up to support them during our playoff run. But notice some of the names that I did not mention in the names that were the reason why we were, su- we were successful this year. I didn't mention Jaron Jackson Jr. because of his injury for most of the year. I didn't mention Justice Winslow because obviously he was injured and had a disappointing season overall. I didn't mention Brandon Clark because he regressed a bit due to injuries himself. This year was about data accumulation as much as it was being successful. We were able to do both. The Grizzlies were able to get plenty of data accumulation in place for the roster, but also were able to see their roster exceed expectations once again. But not all that data was conclusive. There are still plenty of questions out there in regards to what the future roles for this Grizzlies team, what the future roles are for Jaron Jackson, for Brandon Clark, for Justice Winslow, for DeAnthony Melton. That's one thing that comes from this season that's not necessarily a negative, but it shows that there's still plenty of questions to answer about where certain players on our roster fit for our future core. So because of the fact that there's not as much certainty as the Grizzlies might have liked to have gained on those younger pieces of the of the roster, it seems like that before the Grizzlies move forward in investing in a big piece to bring in to help this team go to the next level, they need to take more time to figure out what they have with their younger pieces. Many of those pieces who were clearly a part of our future core before the season started, I'm not saying they're not still a part of it. I'm just saying that there's not as much certainty as I feel many would like for there to be of what roles those players are going to play on our future rosters. And because of that, the veteran pieces that we have, the Jonas's and the Kyle's and the Dylan's, Dylan Brooks certainly has emerged as a very critical piece to our future or to our present and future core. But Jonas and Kyle now have shown how critical they are to our success in the near term. So if you still have questions that need to be answered about Jaron and Brandon and Justice, DeAnthony Melton to an extent, because he kind of fell off towards the end of the year. If you've still got pieces, if you've still got questions about those pieces, it would make sense that before you make a big trade either involving any of those pieces or to support those pieces, you know more 
about those pieces, which you're going to need to go, which you're going to need to find out going into next year. And so if there's less certainty with that group of pieces on the roster, that means that you really make sense to retain the Jonas's and the Kyles to support John Dillon so you can continue to build off your success from this year going into next year. So basically, getting to my main point is that I've just named eight of the biggest pieces that are eight or nine of the biggest pieces that are on this roster. And I've also stated reasons why it makes more sense to retain those pieces and go into next year with them on the roster than it is to potentially use them in a trade. So what does that leave? That leaves Grayson Allen as a trade piece. It leaves Tyus Jones, who had a disappointing 2020-2021 season. And then you get into the John Conchars and the John Tay Porters and the Killian Tillies. None of those pieces, Grayson, Tyus, or any of the others that I mentioned, none of those pieces themselves are pieces that really move the needle for teams or for other teams when it comes to trades. And because of the disappointing years that pieces like Brandon Clark and you know the disappointing end of the season that DeAnthony Melton had, the, those pieces may not be as attractive in trades. So even though on the surface it seems logical that there's plenty of reasons for the Grizzlies to potentially pursue a consolidation trade or try to you know trade for an upgrade when it comes to adding a significant talent to the roster, when you really dig deep, you find that there may not be as many sensible trading pe- trade pieces on this roster as one might think. And the few expendable pieces that you have are just not pieces that are really going to entice other teams to trade significant talents to you. That's why it makes sense to probably stand pat, to probably remain conservative, continue to figure out what you have with your future pieces like Brandon and DeAnthony and and Jaron, while also riding the success of the improved play from the Dillons and the Jonases and the Kyles to support Jaw. That's why the roster, and, and, and coming off last year, that's why it may make more sense to kind of stand pat more than it is to go all in or do something that significantly overhauls the roster. Because I can tell you this, the logical trade pieces that it would be worth pursuing this offseason, they're likely going to be few and far between. And because of that, with other teams out there along with the Grizzlies who are looking to make upgrades as well, those pieces may be more expensive than the Grizzlies might like. Coming up, I'm going to talk about how besides the roster, the market of adding a piece via free agency or the trade may not be as favorable this year as it had been in previous years, adding to another reason why uh, the one big trade may not be sensible this offseason. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? 85%. But is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts, who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts you, the player, you, the player yourself, in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. 
You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of the time. No one else does that. No one. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. The summer is almost here, and so that means that we probably want to be out and about enjoying the outside as much as possible. Well, that means you probably want to be, you know, as healthy as you can be. And, you know, we'd all love to run 10 miles or bike 25 miles or whatever it may be to stay healthy, but that also depends on you doing a daily routine that supports your health, including what you eat. And that includes healthy snacks. One of the best snacks that's out there is the best-tasting protein bar on the market, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All the great tastes, but the health benefits as well. Have it in the morning for breakfast and the afternoon as a snack. And you can go to BuiltBar.com right now and choose from over 18 different flavors that you likely will be able to have one, one at least match your taste preferences. You can also go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Once you make it a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA, play- our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Do want to remind everyone that on uh, that tonight it's Thursday, which means every Thursday at eight we will be having our Locked On Grizzlies episode of the Locker Room app. Let's talk Grizzlies. A lot of fun talking about some fun trades that potentially could happen this offseason, talking about the Grizzlies' pursuit of the draft, the NBA playoffs, all things Grizzlies when it comes to this offseason. Join us when it comes to tonight's episode of Let's Talk Grizzlies on the Locker Room app at 8 o'clock Central. So that that's what I will say, is that when it comes to the Grizzlies, you know, I we're, we're right now talking about reasons as to why the one big trade may not occur this offseason. Why it may make sense to stand pat if you're the Grizzlies. I'm not saying that the Grizzlies won't look at trades. I think that that's something that, you know, is is a big plus of this front office is that they always are paying attention to and in a very organized way, they are putting a plan in place to always try to upgrade the roster. But the thing about it is, is that, yes, you know, there are trades that are to be had out there. As a matter of fact, next week, I'm going to be talking with a, a fellow Locked On host about a potential trade, potential trade target for the Grizzlies. There certainly are sensible options to go after when it comes to this Grizzlies team to try the upgrade, to upgrade the roster moving forward. But as I mentioned in the first segment, there are still plenty of questions that I think the Grizzlies need to get better answers on as far as their current rosters itself. 
before they can sensibly make the best move possible through one big trade. The more information that you know about what you currently have in place, that positions you better to make a move that's going to be successful to upgrade your roster and take it to the next level. And I still think that in terms of some of the more critical parts of our roster in terms of our future, there's plenty of questions that needed to be answered first before this Grizzlies team can comfortably make a needed move that's going to require them to trade several assets to go get. Because that's the thing about the market this year, is that you would think that there may be a logical target for the Grizzlies to go after. A Bradley Beal, a Carl Anthony Towns, you know, perhaps a Jalen Brown from Boston. But the thing is, is that yes, while any of those players would certainly be worth the significant price that they would that they would that would be needed to pay to get them. The problem is is a few things. Number one, each of those players make just as much sense for their current teams to retain them as it does for them to trade them. So when you look at a Carl Anthony Towns, when you look at a Jalen Brown, when you look at a Bradley Beal, if they're just not clearly out there as being available, that means you're going to have to pay a bit extra to convince their current teams to actually trade them. And that's not a position the Grizzlies are going to find themselves, you know, are, are going to find favorable. You could look at other trade targets uh, on, to a lower scale, kind of like a, you know, potentially a Malcolm Brogdon or a Jeremy Grant or maybe a Harrison Barnes. Those players could be more attainable. And while they're not on the level of a Beal Brown or Carl Anthony Towns, those players certainly could be worth trading because they would upgrade this Grizzlies roster, but they would also upgrade half the rosters around the league. So when the ta- the amount of targets out there that you sensibly could pursue to upgrade the Grizzlies roster, if there's not that many to begin with, and then... Of the targets that you could sensibly go after, their teams have just as much reason to keep them as they do to trade them. It becomes a seller's market. It becomes a market where the team that has the player that many teams want to trade for to upgrade their rosters, that team with the player is the one with the leverage. And so that means they can ha- they can only sell that player at a premium. That's why it may not be as favorable of a market as many might think for the Grizzlies to go out and get a player via a trade. Yeah, you could probably come up with eight or ten different potential trade targets for this Grizzlies team to go after that would upgrade the roster. But the problem is, is that probably the majority to nearly all of those trade targets, you're likely going to have to pay a bit more than they're actually worth to make their current team feel comfortable in trading them. And I just don't think that the Grizzlies are right now in a position to where it makes sense to pay a premium, especially if it's for a player who just kind of incrementally upgrades your team instead of a true star that you could pair with John Jaron long-term. So that's one of the reasons why the market may not be as advantageous to play this summer in terms of making a trade. That also certainly extends it to free agency. Yes, you have the DeMar DeRozans, you have the Rakan Holmes, you have Rashawn Holmes, you have other players that are out there, you know, Norman Powell. You have sensible players that the Grizzlies could pursue to add to this roster. 
But once again, clearing the cap space that you'll need to clear to sign those players, is it really worth it? Are the, Since these players are in a free agent class that's weak, there's a good chance they're going to be overpaid. To the Grizzlies, are they really in a position right now as a roster to overpay for a free agent who probably, while they upgrade the roster, isn't a true difference maker? Probably not. And then if you look at the restricted free agency route, the Lonzo Balls, the John Collins, so on and so forth, yes, those again would be good additions to this roster, but you're probably going to have to pay a premium for their current teams not to match, or you're going to have to give up assets in a sign and trade. So not only are the tr- the amount of true difference makers that are out there for this Grizzlies team, are they few and far between, it's also a market that because overall, it's, it's a pretty weak free agent class and, and you know, trade class this offseason. The best of those two classes, while they could make a difference for the Grizzlies, the price to pay to acquire them probably isn't going to make them too valuable in the long run. And so that's why the market itself is a hard one for the Grizzlies to really navigate to find value. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they can't. I'm sure the Grizzlies probably could find a deal that makes sense to get a Malcolm Brogdon or a Jeremy Grant. The Grizzlies certainly have the assets to go get those type of players. But if they're going to have to pay extra just to make it worth the Pacers or the Pistons trading those players, is it really worth it? When at the end of the day, neither Brogdon or Grant are are true all-stars. And also, they are, you know, players who, while they upgrade our roster, they're not the true difference makers that, you know, would allow for this Grizzlies team to go to the next level. So it's not just the roster of the Grizzlies where you still need to get more answers on. And you have players that, while they could be trade chips, they're more critical, they benefit you more by keeping them on the roster with how well they help your team succeed than trading them. Not only is there reasons on the Grizzlies roster why it may not be the right time to make a move, the market itself may not be that advantageous for the Grizzlies to truly pursue to pursue a significant upgrade, for them to pay the price that will allow for them to get a valuable upgrade for the short and long-term future. So both internally and externally, there may be more cons than pros when it comes to the Grizzlies making a huge trade for an established NBA star. But one other perspective also kind of supports the Grizzlies staying a bit on a more lower or or quieter scale when it comes to a potential significant move via trade this offseason. Coming up, I'm going to talk about how a future play for potential instead of a present play for an established star may make the most sense. Why a move on the margins still make may make more sense than acquiring a star player, but that could be more beneficial for the Grizzlies going forward over the long run. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. 
researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created the nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NBA Network listener, listeners, go to Lucy.com and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to get 20% off all products in your fir- on your first order, including gum and lozenges. That's Lucy.com and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Also, I, give, I have to give this as a disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.com and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, what is the plan for the Steelers at quarterback after Big Ben? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast or the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week is going to be a lot of fun as we continue our discussion when it comes to this Grizzlies offseason. Have some a few fun guests. Going to continue to outline the offseason, but also going to have fun with the fellow Locked On hosts about a potential trade target that could make sense for the Grizzlies this year. That is next week. On tomorrow's episode, we're also going to have some fun looking at the team overall from this season. How this was a historic season for the Grizzlies team and how there are plenty of things to work with going going forward that make this team exciting and it shows progress in Taylor Jenkins' second year from his first. All that coming up tomorrow and next week on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we're discussing why when it comes to the Grizzlies offseason, though it is logical based off how they're progressing as a, and ascending as a franchise, though it's logical for them to potentially pursue One big trade that could really take their roster to the next level by bringing in a significant talent. There are plenty of reasons why this summer may not be the time to make that trade. Internally, it's because there's still plenty of questions to answer about the roster. And because of that, the players that you know certainly are going to help you be successful, the Jonas's and the Kyle's and the Dillon's, Though it may have made sense six months ago for those three to be trade targets, now, along with John Morant, they're pretty much the reasons why. They're pretty much the main sources of certainty on your roster, so it makes sense to stick with them going forward while you're trying to figure out where your younger roster pieces fit in the present and the future. And gaining knowledge on where those younger pieces like Jaron and Brandon fit for the future, having that knowledge before you make the one big trade is certainly advantageous. 
But not just internally, also externally, the market itself right now is not that advantageous for the Grizzlies. There are targets that would be worth making a move for that are few and far between. And because of that, because it being a seller's market, the Grizzlies may have to pay a bit extra just to get the teams with those targets to bite, just to get them to want to trade those potential targets. So is the price being paid this summer really worth the target that you would acquire? It's not as certain as it would be in a lot of other summers. So both internally and externally, both for the Grizzlies roster itself and the market that's out there this offseason, it may not be as advantageous to make that one big trade as it would as it could have looked like six months ago. But from all that, that doesn't mean that the Grizzlies don't need to make a move this offseason. It may just not be in the way many think would be the most beneficial of trading for a star. Based off what we discussed in the first segment, it seems like that the Grizzlies' expendable assets this summer, in terms of players, are Grayson Allen, maybe a Tyson jo- or Tyus Jones, maybe a John Contra, one of their younger players. The Grizzlies also have... Their first round pick with Utah, that probably will con- that probably will be an extra pick for them in the 2022 NBA draft. They have a future first round pick of Golden State. Those are picks that may be a bit more sensible to use in a trade than someone on the current roster, like a Brandon Clark or D'Anthony Melton or what have you. But if we know that those expendable pieces, if we can identify what they are, And right now, they're probably not needle movers for other teams to trade established significant NBA talents to the Grizzlies. Then it would be best to find where those expendable trade pieces, where the clear expendable trade pieces, where they could add the most value. And that's the NBA draft. I've talked about it. Joe Molinax has talked about it. We've had Parker Fleming on the show talking about it. Several folks have talked about the idea of the Grizzlies perhaps trading up in the 2021 NBA draft. Now, trading up for a draft pick certainly is not on the same level as trading for an established star. I get that. That's understandable. But when you have when you're in the position of the Grizzlies where you have your core on one timeline, but you're exceeding expectations due to your veterans playing so well, you kind of have to live in both worlds. You still want to progress as a roster where you have a present core with Dylan, Jonas, and Kyle supporting Jaw, along with the future core with Jaw, Jaron, Brandon, and others. Though you have both a present and a future core, you still want to consistently progress. So even if a big trade's not out there for a current NBA talent, you want to find a way to still support your roster by making a move that clearly counts as a significant, as a avenue towards a talent upgrade. And with the trade pieces that we know are most sensible for the Grizzlies to use this offseason, you're going to get more benefit out of using them in the NBA draft than you are in terms of going after an NBA star. Because when you're in the NBA draft this season and the Grizzlies have the number 17 pick, 
and say they want to go from 17 up to 13 or 12 by using the future Utah pick and another asset to move up. Well, then you're going from 17 in the draft up to maybe a 12 or 13, and you draft a Moses Moody. You draft a Corey Kispert or a James Booknight. You clearly are gaining the ability to acquire a talent that both fits a need and offers another piece that sensibly fits your future core. But you're doing it in a way where you don't have to give up any major part of your current roster or present core to do it. That's why even though trading up in the draft may be more of a move on the margins than it is a clear effort by this Grizzlies team to significantly upgrade their roster, it still makes sense because you're requiring a piece that can help you now but certainly has the upside to continue helping moving forward as you get closer and closer to being a sustainable winner and hopefully a contender. For talents that aren't truly worth it, if that's the current state of making a trade or a signing for a current NBA talent, then the counter to that is using the trade assets that you know make sense to use, using those trade assets in the draft where there may be more risk but there's just as much potential with the talent you can acquire and add to your roster. Do I think the Grizzlies are going to make a move this offseason? Do I think that they're going to make a trade? Yes. They've been very aggressive making moves in the two years that Zach Kleiman has been our general manager. Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, and Xavier Tillman all were drafted because the Grizzlies moved up to get them. So if the MO, if, if the one thing is true about this franchise is that they are aggressive on draft night and they've drafted well and they've traded well, it seems smart for them to continue to do what they do well to develop. That's where you may see the Grizzlies, they're most aggressive this summer, and that's fine. I know it's probably disappointing for some to hear that the Grizzlies making one big trade or one big move, I understand it may be frustrating to hear that it's more sensible for the Grizzlies to wait a year before they do that. But in a, for a small market team like Memphis, two things are what separates successful rebuilds in a small market from rebuilds that fail. It's front offices that deal with as much certainty as possible, and that play to their strengths. There's still plenty of certainty to be gained about the young pieces of our roster that we feel could be a part of our future core three to five years from now. So gaining certainty is something that still is certainly in process, or in, 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 we're certainly still in the process of gaining that certainty about our roster. But playing to our strengths is the fact that we made good draft night trades, we draft well, and we develop well. And this year, instead of in, in over the past few years where we've drafted older prospects with higher floors, but who we have helped probably exceed the initial ceilings many had for them in Clark, Bain, and Tillman, this year, 
we get to take that same good ability to draft and good ability to develop and now get to apply it to an upside play and could truly be as important to our future core as Jar Jarenar. So making moves with as much certainty about your current roster as possible and playing to the strengths of your organization successful rebuild last, especially in a small market. And those two reasons are why it probably makes sense for the Grizzlies to stay aggressive in, in the draft and maybe make a move on the margins instead of an all-in move or, or a move for an established NBA star where the Grizzlies may have to overpay. The Grizzlies are going to eventually make that big trade. That, 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 that's, that's very true. How we're developing our team, how we're developing a sustainable winner here in a small market, it's clearly out there. And teams that you have seen develop like we're developing, it eventually took a big trade for them to really get to the level that they wanted to get to. So the one big trade is coming for the Grizzlies. It may just make more, but it's got to make sense. The timing of it is just as important as the target that we acquire. And that means that the timing may be a bit more into the future, though that may be not something many like. It is certainly better to be patient and find a high percentage opportunity for progress than being too aggressive and misfiring and potentially slowing down the progress that is already here. So the one big trade may not happen this summer in terms of bringing in an established NBA talent being a consolidation trade. It could, but it's more likely than not it makes sense to wait until next summer. And if that's the case, then if we get aggressive in the draft, which we have shown has been a very beneficial way for us to build this roster over the past two years, there's nothing wrong with this team playing to their strengths and finding another young piece that really could be a huge part of our future going forward. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. You again can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. Don't forget tonight's Let's Talk Grizzness episode on the locker room app via Locked on Grizzlies at 8 o'clock. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the team's success itself this season, why it was a special season in terms of this team and franchise continuing to shift its philosophical focus um, going into the future and why Taylor Jenkins has continued to show progress in his second year. All that and much more next week. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.